This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call Yeah. Yeah! Right. I think we should start the show with more energy. Sometimes we get out and we're just like, hey, it's Pat and Stu. Well, guys, Jeffy is fat. You know, we do that stuff. Instead, <laughs> we should get a little bit more excited. You know? Yeah. It's Pat and Stu. Woo! No. Something like that. I think people I, will be like, wow, I'm pumped up for that show. Mm, you know what I mean? No. I think people will be get, they'll get into it, you know? No, I no. Yeah. I think it's a good way I to don't. go. I mm-hmm. don't. Uh, you know what they're going to get into is uh, Hillary's genuine persona that's happening right now. Hillary I mean, Clinton. Woo! She's genuine. See, now, she's people genuine. now people are excited. Now people are excited. They are. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's starting to work for It's you. starting to work, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she put out an ad, uh, and I think it's called Genuine, because mm. she's very genuine. So genuine. Uh, and uh, here's a look at that. I want to be the champion who goes to bat for Americans. I mean, there's four big fights that I think we have to take on and win. We have to build the economy of tomorrow, not yesterday. Well, there's something wrong in American get, workers keep mean? getting more productive. Right, yeah, for, but I that productivity is not that. I can't get fast. So, <laughs> to build the economy of tomorrow, not yesterday. Like, she's trying to be genuine, and she just spouts out this talking yeah. point. Like, if you yeah. wanted to say that in a conversational, genuine way, you say, look, you know, we, we need to make sure we're moving forward with the economy. We need to make sure it's it's better uh, tomorrow than it is, you know, before, you know, yesterday. Or if you're like, talking about high tech, that's what you mentioned. Right. Like, you know, like, you, um, don't, you don't spew out that, that communist line that... Because that's really what she's what that's the way Obama meant it. Mm-hmm. We've tried it that way. We tried it that way and it didn't work. And so they're trying a new way. Right. And that's with government control of everything. So if that's what she's talking about, say it. Well, say Pat, it. I think we need to build the economy of tomorrow, not yesterday. It's <laughs> like, all right, stupid Hillary. You're, I mean, she's stupid. She's ob- this is the good thing. This is what should make me really excited bad. about this is how terrible she is this is a produced <clears throat> ad which they entitle her they want her to be genuine it's the only focus of the ad is have hillary become genuine and the first thing what we need to do is build the economy of tomorrow not yesterday 
Alright, watch out. Oh, sorry, I'm going to see this again. American workers keep getting more productive, but that productivity is not matched in their paychecks. Uh -oh. I think it's fair to say that the deck is still stacked in favor of those already at the top. Why? We talked about Why? some of the challenges that small businesses face and some of the great opportunities that they have encountered. So it was very exciting. We need to strengthen <laughs> families and communities because that's where it all starts. One thing I hope that you focus on, you know, not only here in Iowa, but around the country is like education is really, I believe, the key to everything we do. We need to fix our dysfunctional political system and get unaccountable money out of it once and for all. We oh cannot my. let this continue. And we have to protect our country from the threats from that we know about, that we see, and the ones that are on the horizon. I have this new granddaughter, and I want her to have every opportunity. Sure you do. But I want every child in our country New to have every opportunity. I couldn't walk away from what I see as the challenges we face. She was very genuine when very she decided genuine. to run. I was like, yes. Were you? Yes. Were you there, yes. sir, man? Were you like, yes. That's great. I love Hillary, because here's why. She's so genuine. <laughs> so genuine. She's so genuine, because, man, I was like, yes. <laughs> wow, that's really that's bad. bad from start to finish. Where do you yeah. even begin with that? First yeah. of all, uh, okay, it's stacked for the people at the top. The economy is stacked. Why? Uh, she's at the top. So you're the one who stacked it, Pumpkin. Yeah. $300,000 an hour is what she makes for her speeches. And you're trying to tell us you're not one of the people who are stacked on top of everybody else? And I don't know if she knows this, but uh, they've had six years to change that. Yeah, yeah Six years to figure out how to not stack it in favor of those at the top, and they haven't done apparently anything in her own estimation. Apparently not. Yeah. The other thing I love is uh, the, the money thing, the money in politics or the... the uh, when, when she's getting money from overseas, how did she put that? Uh, can we go back to that place where she's talking about uh, uh, the money that's coming in in politics? Yeah, the unaccountable. Unaccountable money in politics. She's getting, she and Bill in the Clinton Foundation <laughs> are getting tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, from people who uh, are killing homosexuals and uh, oppressing women. Uh, and they don't they don't give a rat's anus about where that money is coming from. They're just taking it. Yeah. What are you, what are you talking? And and they've already said they're trying to raise two and a half billion dollars for this campaign. That's what they plan to spend in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Two and a half billion dollars. Mm. I mean, and then you're going to tell, talk to us about unaccounted money in politics. Come on now. Um, do we have uh, Peter Schweizer yet uh, scheduled? Can we look into that and get a date for that? Because he, I know he has a book coming out, which is about this. It's about how Hillary Clinton is getting tens of millions of dollars from foreign yeah. governments, foreign entities, people who want to desperately influence the decisions made in this country. Yeah. She's collecting this cash, and now she's going to run for president. Yeah, listen to this uh, line again, because it's outrageous. We need to fix our dysfunctional political system and get unaccountable money out of it once and for all. <laughs> that is Believable. I mean, the, the, you know, I know she'd be our first woman president, but she's got balls to say that as a she campaign does. point. Sure I does. I mean, that is a, uh, I mean, it's exactly the thing she does wrong, and she's acting as if she could cure it. 
It, you know, mm. it's uh, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. It's like the fattest guy on earth, you know, as the face of a diet program. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, uh, Hitler, Jeffy. You know, I, I tried. Can you, to, I tried can you give to us some away. perspective on that? I tried. To, I tried. To I stay couldn't away. do it, Jeffy. I, I did my best. We turn now to Jeffy for perspective on that. Uh, Jeffy. The problem is actually Jeffy has actually lost a lot of weight. And it does, <laughs> the old Jeffy though would make sense. Yes. It would, the old Jeffy would actually. Like, like, like choices have consequences. Right. Like if you at, do we have the animal cracker picture? This should be on demand all the time on this show. Uh, can we get the animal? Amber, also, if, you're, um, if Amber is listening, uh, Jeffy's <laughs> wife, she has the animal cracker yeah, picture. Does. And she she consented. I know she's done it before. Plus, uh, I mean, I was uh, nominated for an Emmy for my uh, my fattest guy on the earth portrayal. Uh, yeah, that, you, you were spectacular. That was there. really good. That was really <laughs> was good. Spectacular. But the point is, though, you don't when you are specifically it's uh, you know uh, like the, you're specifically guilty of murdering people. You don't come out as you know the the the, the neighborhood safety expert, right? Like she is. <laughs> Basically, the worst example of unaccountable money in politics that could possibly be imagined. She's taking money not from two evil business people who are American citizens and care about the country like the Koch brothers, but foreign governments. Mm -hmm. She's taking money from foreign governments. Really bad and actors. She's, really right. bad players yeah. in the... In the uh, people who abuse women like crazy, yeah. uh, who Kill do horrible things to gays and other minority groups. Mm -hmm. She takes their cash and then comes to you and talks to you about, well, out accountable buddy. We're going to get it out of politics. Wow, we need to, to really do that. Something. It's just like Obama saying, "Oh, well, I'm not going to take uh, you know all that money. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to take the public funding." Remember that with McCain? I'm yeah. going to take the public funding because that's the way it should be. We need to get this money out of politics. Oh, by the way, I realize now that I'm going to um, raise a lot more money if I don't take that, so I'm not going to take it. I mean, you know, it's, these people are. Horrible. I would like to say they're the worst people on earth, but you've named so many people, Pat, the worst people on earth <laughs> that I don't know where, where Hillary would slide into that pack. But I have I a either, feeling she's going she's gonna to rise to the top pretty soon. Well, you got Harry Reid. He's got to be at the tippy top of that list. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and Barack Obama is the obvious number two. Um, <clears throat> Harry Reid only because he should know better. He should know better. Uh, and he doesn't. So. But Hillary's on the charts. Hillary's on the charts with a bullet. She's climbing fast. Yeah. And she's going to she's going to climb a lot faster too because we're going to see a lot of this. We're going to be hearing from her a lot stuff. more. And um, this is going to make us <laughs> it's going to make you cringe. You're going to remember why you disliked the Clintons so intensely. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and I know we've forgotten over the last 6 years we thought, "Oh my gosh, Bill Clinton, wouldn't that, those days don't come back. Those were good times. Those were they good were. times. I mean, I didn't like him, but wow, he was so much better than this guy." And then he speaks and you're like, "Okay, that's why I hate that guy." Or dislike him, I'm sorry. I, I don't hate anyone. Right? I mean, we don't hate. We just, we just dislike with all the intensity of a billion white-hot burning suns. That's all. And that's, that's how I feel about Bill Clinton every time he speaks. And that's how you, we're going to feel more and more about Hillary every time she speaks. Because you'll just be reminded, oh, yeah, they weren't any better. They're really not. I mean, and she's... At least Bill is convincing at it. He's a good liar. Yeah, he is. Oh, you my know, gosh. She is I not. did not have sex with that woman, yeah, Ms. Lewinsky, not once, not ever. Yeah. Let me get back to work. Boy, and let me get back to work for the American people. I mean, he, was, he looked right <laughs> yeah, in the camera, fantastic. pointed right at the American people and lied to their I, face. I mean, I've said this before. I literally believed him. Oh, yeah. I believed him. 
I, I, he almost swayed me. Yeah, I, I, mean, I did not Glenn think he was a good like, guy. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I didn't think but he was a good guy. Then, but then he did that, and I was like, well, wow, wow. you don't make that wouldn't powerful that. a declaration if you're guilty, right? Right. I mean, we've seen this before. Lance Armstrong's another example of it. Oh, you geez. don't come out and say things <clears throat> like that if and you're... ruin people. Yeah, uh, Ryan Braun uh, in, uh, in baseball did the same thing and really went after his opponents on the steroid thing and then came out. And it's like, you just have that. There's a certain level. Anthony Weiner. It's another one. Right. Like now, Anthony Weiner, I had such little respect for going into his whole scandal, <clears throat> and yeah. I knew how much he lied going in that I actually was not fooled by him. But I think the American people, you could be, you could fairly say, "Wow, well, he wouldn't say those things if he had done them. He wouldn't be on right. the air saying uh, yes, just in case you get caught. Just in case you get caught, you don't then want people yeah. know what a dirtbag liar you are. Yeah, yeah. he swayed. It didn't matter. Weiner swayed me when he talked about uh, his picture. As someone else. Oh yeah, couldn't believe that. Oh, oh yeah, I, I wish, that, wish, was wish me. that was me. That yeah. guy was incredible, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a that is. Would a, I like to have that package? Yeah. You bet. Yeah, that's a Tchaikovsky of lies right there. I mean, he, thinking like how insanely awful a person you have to be to sit here and sing, come up with a lie, with a so picture bad. you know is you, mm-hmm. saying, "Wow, I would love for that to be me. I wish that was me." Like. How cocky oh do you have to be? And that's a good word for that particular yeah. picture. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, unintentionally, but uh, it is. But, uh, yeah, so we, we're up against some world-class liars. <laughs> it's going to be a fun 18 months, man. Liars. It's going to be fun. Uh, yesterday, uh, John Carl pressed White House Press uh, Secretary, uh, what's his face, Ernest, Josh Ernest, on, on the Clinton donor, donors and whether or not uh, they got favorable treatment. And uh, here's what happened. Can you assure us that there was absolutely no favorable treatment given to donors of the Clinton Foundation? Again, John, what I'm saying is that there are lots of accusations like this. You can't give but, that reassurance. That, well, that's a pretty basic, I mean... But, John, there, there's nobody that's marshaled in the evidence to indicate this. So I don't want to be in a position of... But you can of, tell uh, me it didn't happen. Well, again, I, I'm not sure there's anybody that has any wow. tangible evidence to indicate that it did. So well, I don't, I'm not going to be in a position wow. here where every time somebody raises a spurious claim that I'm going to be the one to... Sit down here and say that it's That's not your true. Book. Uh, what I can do is I can say uh, clearly wow. what happened, which is that there was a mem- memorandum of understanding oh. that was put in place oh, that oh. went above and beyond the ethic gui- ethical guidelines uh, that the federal government previously had in place. Uh, and the president continues to be extraordinarily proud of the work that Secretary Clinton did uh, as a Secretary of State. Uh, but for these, uh, you know, for these specific mm-hmm. accusations mm-hmm. Uh, that are presented without any evidence, mm-hmm. uh, I'd refer you to the. Uh, political types that are more well-versed in those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's not well-versed in the politics and stuff. This is what he does every day, is lie based on politics, but he's not well-versed in it. That's staggering. Yeah. You, you well, can't say no. I'm no, there, we, we no, gave no special treatment. No, there's If no... you didn't give special treatment, do you not say no? You don't say, well, you can't prove it. Right. Well, you can't prove it. Show me the evidence. Show me. I, I don't know. You don't have any proof. Yeah. Why would you say that I'm guilty just because I've got this stuff in my pocket right now? Why would you say that? Right. I didn't say anything about your pockets. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that is, I got to see that again. That yeah, is amazing. Yeah. And, and I think as you watch they, this. They blow me, they, they do find a way to surprise me almost every week. Yeah, they really do. They really do. I mean, as, as evil as I know they are, mm-hmm. they still find a way to be eviler. Yeah. <laughs> and as you watch this, think of the fact of how easy it would be to say. To say, to say no. He wants to, I think no. He, no special treatment. You could make the argument that he wants to say there's nothing to these alleg- allegations, so he's trying to put the focus on that. But you could easily just say, look, 
No, we didn't do that, and the allegations have no basis. Mm -hmm. uh, we understand that these allegations are out there, and there's political stuff going on all the time. No, we did not do it at all. And right. a, there's no ba even right. if you look at the allegations, there's no basis to them anyway. So I mean, it's a ridiculous, you know, a ridiculous question. I mean, that's a fair way to go after that. Instead, he just gives you the second part. He just gives you, well, those uh, there's no basis to those. Or we well, haven't you seen any evidence. You Where's the it? evidence? Yeah, uh, so I want even... to face my jury of accusers. And no, I, I want to see them. Note as you watch this, the, the use of the word tangible, because he doesn't actually say there's no evidence. He says there's no tangible evidence. <laughs> I mean, this guy this sucks. Is Watch. Wow, this is crazy. Can you assure us that there was absolutely no favorable treatment given to donors of the Clinton Foundation? Again, John, what I'm saying is that there are lots of accusations like this. You can't give but, me that reassurance. That, well, that's a pretty basic, I mean. But, John, there, there's nobody John, that's marshaled in the evidence to indicate this. So I don't want to be in a position of. Wow, you can of, tell uh, me that it didn't happen. Right. Well, Good. again, Good. I, I'm not sure there's anybody that has any tangible evidence to indicate yep. that it did. Any ten, you, he's so, not. Okay, stop. I, I'm not going to be in a position here. Where he's not sure there is anybody who has any tangible evidence. He's not sure. I, I, that is a stunning statement. Yeah, and, That's and amazing. Again, the definition of tangible, perceptible by touch. So you, <laughs> there might be witnesses, mm -hmm. okay? There might be even papers or digital documents, but you can't actually touch a piece of evidence yeah. that uh, <laughs> that is actually going to prove this. I'll tell you what that says to me. It says, yes, John, we're guilty as hell, but you can't prove it. That, that's what he's saying. Yeah. But you can't, you can't prove it because we've, we've covered our tracks pretty well. And uh, I'm pretty sure you won't find anybody who has <laughs> tangible proof that we're doing this. Stuff. It's, it's an interesting because yeah, I think you're right, because wow. their normal approach on something like this would just be straight out denial until yes. they're caught. And yes. then they, could, they must know they're going to get caught. They must. They, they have to. Uh, but usually they lie their way out of that anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's amazing. Where's the rest of the press corps? You've got to wonder. OK, John Carl's there on an island, as always. There's no follow-up on this? There's no, wait a minute, Josh, come on. We can't let you get away with that answer. You're telling us there's no, you don't think we'll find anybody with tangible evidence? Why can't you just give us a flat-out denial you didn't give favoritism to, to any of the Clinton Foundation donors? Right. I mean, like, even... Why? And, and that's the thing. How like, do you let them get away with that? I think pretty easily could say, oh, look, yeah. yes, uh, uh, yeah, look, coincidentally, yes, of course, these Clinton donors all got good treatment, but uh, that was not favoritism. Like, there's a lot of outs here. He must know he yeah, can't use any of them. He's got to be caught in something. He, yeah, he's got to know that there's a lot of stuff coming down on this one because Jeez. He, because he, he's not even going down these routes of uh, plausible deniability. No. I mean, he must know that this is going to come out and they're going to get caught up. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean wow. unless, again, I get the other, the other possibility is he's just so bad at his job that he's actually making that's the situation possible. worse. It's not yeah. impossible. But, I mean, the guy does this every day. You wouldn't think that he'd blow. You, you say no. You say, of, co of course we never gave any favoritism. You know, these, some of the people who donate to the Clinton Foundation are the, among the most, you know, uh, prominent in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of them we do business with. But that's not, doesn't mean we give them favoritism. That's a simple explanation. Simple explanation. But simple. he can't even can't say even that because he must, he's got to know something else yeah. is coming on this one. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Wow. We know a lot of people have said things, but there's no tangible evidence. Yeah, I like that. No tangible. That's a good that's a good new one. I mean, how many times have you said that and you know it doesn't work for me? And he doesn't want to go.
Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest-growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free, and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this, and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. It's Patton Stu. Uh, another great public school story. Uh, this one from Kittery, Maine. Parents of some students at uh, Mitchell Primary School in Kittery, Maine, are criticizing school officials for failing to notify parents before their kids were read a children's book <clears throat> about a transgender child. Yes, that's what you want your five, six, seven-year-olds to know. Uh, Superintendent of Schools Alan Hutton said in a statement that the book was part of a lesson on tolerance and respect. Mm-hmm. Tolerance and respect. And the book was called I Am Jazz. Aww centers around a child who knew, quote, mm. she had a girl's brain in a boy's body oh, no. since she was two years old. Hey, I hate that. I thought there weren't any gender. Why was the, why was the know, brain a girl? Right? I know, right? I know. Uh, the story is based on a real-life experience and is told in a, quote, simple, clear way okay. that will be appreciated by picture book readers, their parents, and teachers. Oh, that's nice. Uh, some, though, didn't apparently appreciate it because they hate that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have a they real I, hate. I understand where you're going with this, but I have a hate. real problem with this. Do you? Yeah. I mean, uh, why so late? Five? My yeah, kid right. is three, and I've been telling him about nothing transgender. but transgender. Have you? Yeah. yeah, I think it's the most appropriate thing you could talk to your three-year-old about. I think you should start dressing him in uh, dresses. Well, I, I just let him, you know, yeah. you know he just comes out. Give him some, dolls. D- some days it's a miniskirt. <clears throat> you know? There should be uh, no gender specificity. No. In your home. I get angry. You know what I do? When I go into stores, I get angry mm-hmm. when I see a girl's oh, boy's section. I, I just I start, burn the store down. Yeah, I've done that. I've burned down I've thousands of stores across America because yeah. of that. Pisses because me Because they say girls and boys, and there's uh-huh. no such thing as girls or boys, except when it's the reverse of what you would normally expect. Then a girl's brain is in a boy's body. But mm-hmm. other than that, there is no girl and boy. I mean, really? Do they have to? Can they not be kids? Can they not just enjoy the world around them and... Uh, and not be hit with transgenderedness and and all well, these. They would like to be kids if they weren't struggling with who they were. Okay. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. See what Jeffy said. It's a struggle. Now what are you going to do? You get because nothing. one in ten million are struggling with who they are. You gotta you gotta let them all struggle, right? <laughs> you gotta we gotta pull them all into it. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't I don't. Uh, what, at least one mother. <clears throat> really? One? Is this? It, it, did only one complain about this? At least one mother didn't appreciate how this situation was handled. Um, she told Hannity.com in an email she was upset that the school took away her right to have a conversation with her child about the sensitive or not have a, or not have a conversation. Right. You know, why is it the school's business to t- teach transgenderism 
in school. That, that, teach them how to read, how to write, and leave them alone after that. Yeah. I don't want them hearing about sex ed, heterosexual or non. I don't want any of that. What bathroom should they use in school then? Well, boys should go to the boys and girls should go to the girls. Oh, my God. He's, that's, right. that's gender specificity. Yeah, it is. I'm going to burn this place down. I'm going to burn yeah. this place I'm down. I'm a pretty firm believer that if you have a, uh, a man unit, okay, mm -hmm. or a boy unit, mm -hmm. you're a boy. And okay. if you have a girl uh, hoo-ha, you're a girl. What about the, the boys with hoo-hahs and the <clears> girls <throat> with man units? Well, if a, girl, if a boy has a hoo-ha, he's a girl, okay? And a girl who has a man <laughs> unit is a, is a boy. So I don't even understand. I know. There's no crazy. scientific basis to that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You can't there say it, of course, today. There is tangible evidence. Yeah, yeah, there is tangible there evidence. There is tangible evidence. Uh, to and that you one. can put your hand there and you, you feel that tangible evidence. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I recommend you don't, I, but you can. You shouldn't. Uh, no. Uh, that's not uh, a good idea. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, mom said, I feel like my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs were completely ignored. Yes. Uh, my right as a parent to allow or not allow this discussion with my child was taken from me. It's very upsetting to me that I didn't have any any options at all. And and that's what they're doing at school. They don't give a rat's butt about what you feel or what you think as a parent. They believe they know better than you. They're going to teach them the tolerance and respect they need. Not you. Because yeah. you don't know. Well, uh, <clears throat> you might... Uh, that's the issue is you're doing it wrong you're not coming to the conclusion mm -hmm. they want i mean right. like what, what what was the way we handled this in the past you'd go through life uh, over time you'd learn about you know hey what transgender well, we all did and none right. of us right. I, I assume heard it in school i didn't no of course not um you know you might learn about it from a, a kid in school but you're not going to learn about it it wasn't that right. way so it you wasn't get, taught so yeah. okay so our opinion would be all right look you learn about these things in life naturally and you start making decisions and understanding them and it takes time but it's not five years old is not the thing is that the time to do that their answer to that would be that yeah you learned about it late but look what happened you're a hate monger mm -hmm. you're evil you're uh, you're religious you're christian you're you're uh you're not tolerant enough for us yep. you essentially don't agree with us so the only thing that we can do is get you earlier if we put it in your head at five years old it's we exactly, you it's the right. yep. yeah. exactly the theory exactly the theory like we would be fine with you learning it over time if you agreed with us but you don't you continue to not agree with us. You're so stubborn on that fact that we're going to have to go yeah. uh, to five-year-olds and give them this information. Uh, I mean, that's that's twisted, man. It really that is. is. That is a twisted line of thought, but that is exactly what happens, yep. uh, you know, in these situations. And I, you know, I don't know these this particular author. I'm not, you know, but I mean, as a general theme, uh, that is what happens. You when you realize you're not getting the result you want out of people's opinions, you manipulate them. Earlier and earlier, you do things like um, uh, Barack Obama uh, did with his, uh, you know, animal um, uh, animal spirits. Was that the name of the book? Why, I, why is that escaping me? The, the sort of the psychic uh, psychic uh, the way of manipulating. I'm trying to think of the choice structure, the Cass Sunstein stuff mm -hmm. uh, that we talked about. Uh, yeah, it was animal spirits. It was animal spirits. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you go in there and you manipulate the way that they make the choice. You don't give them. Uh, the, the easy example, the one they will actually tout as the things that they do, is like they know people should save money. They know people should put money in their 401k. They know because they're them and you're just dumb you. They know the real, real truth that you should be saving your money and putting it in a 401k. Now, a lot of people would agree with that. I would say it's pretty good advice. You probably put, should put some money away for the future. So they say, well, all right, most people aren't doing that. Why? 
Well, that's because they have to go through this process and opt into it. They have to figure out how to do it. What if we just make them do it and give them the op option to opt out? So what they find is when they do that, the vast majority of people just don't take the time and let the government make that decision for them, pushing them mm -hmm. into the decision the government thinks is right. Mm -hmm. And that's the way you manipulate choice structure. Um, you make it so the easy way to go is the way they want you to be. And look, in a informed society, and you know, people would make their own decisions, but they just assume you're a bunch of idiots. So that's the way that they do that, and they manipulate you all the time with things like that. That's, that is almost, at this point, the government's role. And the problem with it is that's bad in some ways because it's manipulating people. But if that was the extent of it, it would probably be okay. You know what? You have to do your own research to, feel, to realize if you want to be in a program like that or not. The issue is when you don't do the thing that you, they want you to do, when you don't make the choice they want you to do with a the choice structure, they, they force you. your hand. Yep. It goes from uh, to, to try to nudge, which was another book uh, famously about this topic, nudge to push, to shove, to you know, running you over with a steamroller. Eventually, you're going to do what they want, and that's the issue. It all ends with a bullet to the head. That's where it all ends. I don't, that's not where I was going with that. At bullet all. to the head. This is, this is the Stu show, not the radio program. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> never mind. 888 back. More Patents Stu coming up. I thought it was Animal Spirits. I'm like, what else going to Animal House? Was it, was it Animal House? I think it looked just you know. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's uh, Pat and Stu. Sorry, talking about a, a sequel to Christmas Twist, which uh, you know. Look, the demand is high. I happened to watch a little bit of that this morning, which is why it was on my mind. Uh, you did? Yeah, why? it's a movie we did for Wonderful World of Stu. Uh, we were. There's another thing. The, the season finale of Wonderful World of Stu is this weekend, mm. and I saw Wait. quite possibly the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life that will air during this program. Um, one guess who stars in it. Go ahead, show him. There he is. Uh, this, it's sort of an Earth Day special we have uh, for, uh, because Earth Day is tomorrow, I think. So mm -hmm. we're doing a, and it's an Earth Day week uh, celebration. And uh, Jeff, I was having to be a part of that celebration. <laughs> Holy crap! You want to see some weird television, man? I don't know. If I, part of me thinks we shouldn't air it, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead because it's not me. It's Jeffy. Uh, and uh, it is one Look, of the more one of the I will say it's one a of roll, the Pat. It's a roll. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a real reach for you. I noticed. Uh, this is one of the most disturbing things you'll ever see on television. Jeffy in a special edition of um, awful excerpts of awful books, uh, where he reads from a book called I'll just give you the title uh, Eco Sex. Uh, how do you? How do you have hmm. sex in an eco-friendly eco way? way. Uh, green, I think a lot of green are, sex. Yes, green in sex. In other words, yeah. Uh, and Jeffy yeah. reads extensively, uh, and I would say acts out some of the, <laughs> it's really weird. And uh, that's going to be on the, this weekend in the wonderful world of Stu. So please okay. uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, what kind of got us started down that path was that uh, Candace, what's her face? Is it Candace Cameron? Is that her name? Um, yeah. Yes, right. Candace Cameron Buer, I think, yep. is her name now. She did, uh, great. or is it Bure, or I, I don't know yeah, how you pronounce her last Bure. name now, but uh, she, she was on Full House. She was DJ on Full House. Uh, she, there's a big story on The Blaze right now about how Full House is being rebooted by Netflix. Oh, yeah. What? 
So, was there a lot of demand for that? Oh. Is there like, man, if we could only see DJ and Uncle What's-His-Face, <laughs> the John Stamos guy who's doing yogurt commercials now, if we could just have them back, mm -hmm. the world would be right again. Uh, that was a horrible show, for one thing. And then, but they, I guess they got Saget back for it. They've got uh, Stamos. Oh, really? And they have Candace. Wait, so it's a act, it's so it's not a reboot. It's like a uh, continuation. It's, yeah, it's a continuation. Um, it's sort of like what they're doing with Star Wars. It's not they didn't reboot Star Wars. It's right. just Han Solo's forty years older. Yeah, it's a thirteen episode series that will focus on the lives of DJ Tanner, her sister Stephanie, and best friend Kimmy Gibbler. Wow, they got them all back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I'm shocked by that, but <laughs> I know. That's... I mean, I mean, Saget has gone on to some some pretty big things as far as in, in the world of like stand up comedy, and he, I mean, he's he's actually had a really good career. He's done a lot of voice stuff. Uh, Saget's uh, turned, and, and Stamos has gone on to a decent amount as well. Um, well he's and, done yogurt commercials. Well, yeah, but he also hosts no, what is it, yeah, he hosts Access a bunch Hollywood of stuff, or yeah. one of those shows. Yeah. He, he's a host of like that, and he's done he's done and he's done a lot of like workout stuff and everything. And Candace has, has turned into. A, I mean, a, first of all, she's a big Christian. We were talking about this off the air. She's yeah. you know a really public face of, of of Christian values, which is great. And she's also. Great. Uh, I mean, in every one of my favorite Christmas movies around the holidays, uh, on like Lifetime or Hallmark, she must or one do of those. two Lifetime or Hallmark uh, movie Christmas movies a year. <laughs> She's got it. Oh, so good. Uh, so uh, I mean, they, she also turned into a very pretty lady. Now they did She's, not get the Olsen twins, right? This I would say the, it doesn't say they did because that's so. the big. That would be. I mean, they obviously had a run there where they were pretty big stars. Yeah. Um, although I have not heard a lot about. Yeah, they them don't recently. do much now, but uh, yeah, they had, I guess they have clothing clothing lines and right. all that stuff. So yeah. I so don't they're know probably they're still raking in the cash, I'm sure. Uh, but that's kind of interesting. So Netflix is picking up uh, Full House and doing 13 episodes. They're they're doing a lot of yeah. stuff. Netflix is a Netflix is just becoming a juggernaut. This, uh, yeah, they are, really are they are the future of television. They uh, they just are. They're going to eventually replace, I think, network TV. And I I don't know what else will run concurrently. As the opposition or as the competition yeah. for Netflix, but something will. The one that kind of steps stands out right now would be Amazon. Uh, Amazon, video, yeah, true. Um, which uh, I mean, Amazon has a lot of really good shows too, and they're just starting. They're not quite as far along as Netflix, but they they're just starting that sort of. Um, uh, they're creating their own shows. Yeah, we were we were uh, we were driving back home from our uh, service project over the weekend, and and uh, so we're driving we're driving Still. down the street that we'd never been down before, and. Uh, I look over and there's still like a. It's in fact it's called family video. And oh it's yeah, just a oh, yeah. Little, I've seen them before. Yeah, no, there's just a little video store that's still in existence, and it was jam packed. The parking lot's yeah. full. It was a rental like, place, right? Do people really go get videos still? Yeah. Well, Redbox, right, is the Redbox is real huge. Yeah, yeah um, where. They, but this was an actual store, like the old yeah, Black the family Buster, video. There's two. There's, just smaller. There's. I know there's one in. Keller, North Richland Hills of the yeah, this Dallas was North Fort Worth Richland Metroplex. Hills. Yeah, and yeah. that one's really big. But, but I was surprised, and it just reminded me how quickly everything changed. Because Netflix started, you know, as competition for Blockbuster, so you wouldn't have to go to the store. We'll mail it to you. And, like, initially, I know uh, my wife and I were like, well, I want it now. I don't want to have to That's pretty close fill to out now. something and have you send it to me and then well, I wait I for the, the movie and then I see it three days yeah. from now. I didn't get into Netflix until it was streaming. Uh, the, the, the DVD one, I did sign up for it at one point. But we I did, just, too. I just get a bunch of movies sent to me that I never watch. That's what was happening. Right. I just have a yeah. stack of them and they'd just be sitting in there all the time. Well, we just decided, all right, let's give it a shot because I'm tired of taking things back to Blockbuster or forgetting to take them back. 
and then I'm charged a fee. And then, you know, Blockbuster went through that. Well, we're going to charge you a fee. Now we're going to charge you a fee. And they went through all that stuff. Uh, so we decided to give it a try. And eventually they started sending them back and forth. And we got into a pretty good rhythm. And then when they, then all of a sudden they hit online. And they just had a few things online. And so you could you could go online and, and do it. And then all of a sudden they've got everything online. I mean, they, really and, I mean, they really blew up fast. I, and Netflix, I, I love and, and, and are, am annoyed by at times because of their net neutrality nonsense we went through. We certainly, I, yeah. that, all, that stuff was really annoying to me. Yeah. But they really saw the future. At that point, they did. When, when the DVD business was still was gigantic, work. I mean, yeah. it was still a massive business for them. Yep. They basically bailed on it. And they said, you know what? Streaming, we're going to split it into two. Uh, you know, because remember, were, and they had, nobody understood yeah, it. And, no, and everyone was pissed off, and they're like, "You're charging me more yeah. for these." Like they got really angry about it, and they and, didn't. And people were were announcing their death like crazy yeah. in the business media, uh, and uh, they were completely right, obviously, because uh, now, I mean, the streaming. Yeah, the, le- the I remember reading the letter from the CEO of when they said they weren't going to do it, and it pretty much said between the lines, "Look, we're not going to do it, but we're not going to do it because you people are too stupid to see the future." Yeah, that was kind of what it was. <laughs> I mean, they took a really, it, it was. at that time, a really strange stance. And, and it was just, think about this. It was, what, 2011 that happened? I, yeah, probably. We were just yeah. about, it seems like seems we were right. just about to move to Dallas. And so I, I, I it think was. it was like the fall of 11 or something. That's four years. <laughs> that is four years. And now Netflix is everything to everybody. Amazing, and Redbox, yeah. you know, you talk about Redbox is really huge too, but I was talking to, uh, you know, like they have several people that handle so many machines in mm-hmm. each area of the country. Mm-hmm. They're from mm-hmm. Indiana, I think, or Illinois, and they mail their stuff to the people who take care of the machines. But they're, I think, they, I get the idea that they're kind of uh, starting to struggle a little because uh, while they have good deals and, you know, it's good to have, the girl that works on the machines in my neck of the woods was saying that she's been given more machines now how Shorter that? time. Like this, you live such a weird life. I saw her working on a machine. I stopped <laughs> to talk guy. to her. <laughs> I, I, I saw her I, working I on a machine. This, I stopped to talk to her. This is not even a. I mean, almost everything I say to you is a criticism. <laughs> this is not even a criticism, though. It's like I am fascinated by like there is not a scenario I know. that I can possibly imagine in which I would have a conversation with somebody who's working on a, a red. Because you're red, red box machine, and, and, like, and you might say because it's elitist. Yeah. It's just yeah. I am so like I just don't talk to I people don't outside of my circle. It's just I talk to the people that I know, and then that's Jeffy, it. Though Jeffy does. Oh, Jeffy does. Jeffy my does. wife he is the same way. Care. The same way. She no, care. comes back with conversations all day. She's got stories of conversations <laughs> she's having with random people she's bumped into. Yeah. It never happens to me. There's never a time I'm walking down the street and I just start a conversation. And if I do, if someone starts one with me, it's like five words. It's like oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I am fascinated because that is you. That's Jeffy. Yeah. It really is his persona in that, like, you are cons. You see it when we have these uh, events where, like, people come. <laughs> Jeffy is everywhere. He's talking to everyone. He knows everything about everyone in the room. And I'm like, how does he do this? What is happening? That's just, just Jeffy. He's a gregarious fat man. He is. He a lovable, is. huggable, mm-hmm. adorable guy. He's a cute almost, little teddy bear. Almost believe that. No, it's not. There's, like, a really small part of you that I like. And, and, that, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're starting to struggle. They're working I on more see, machines. She was they mad. Got, I got... <laughs>
<laughs> she was pissed. <laughs> I mean, that's supposed to be. That's probably how we were our entire lives. Like that's humanity uh -huh. uh, up until like I think 1990. Yeah. I, no, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. He just, I, he's one criticism. of the few practitioniers of the art now. Yes, it's true. talking to strangers. <laughs> I was told I will not to say do that, it, and I will I'm sticking say that to it. When I, when I walked up, <laughs> when I walked up to her to talk to her, she she did have that. Uh, the machine won't be ready for about 20 minutes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, that's okay. No, I want to talk to you. It's weird. It's, and I will say this. It also, I mean, I'm from the Northeast. It doesn't happen in the Northeast. Not right. I, was, I had oh. um, some, uh, I mean, Jeffy still does it. Oh, my gosh. Northeast. I knew all the train conductors, yeah. all those dingleberries on the train. That's true. Jeffy still does it. But it's much more rare. When we, were, we had some visitors, uh, some friends uh, who flew down <laughs> from uh, Northeast recently, and they were down with, for a few days. And they're just like, wow. I mean, I, I, you really notice the difference. Like, it's like people just come up to you and start talking and, and asking you things without a desire for your money. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. people come to you all the time in New York. Uh, they're just saying, uh, they're giving you their sob story about how they only have $1.37 and they need two fifty for the train. Can I you loan them a dollar? I got to get to Scranton. I swear. <laughs> you I give came me $27 in, to get to Scranton? I lost my wallet. <laughs> and it's like, all right, yeah, I've heard the exact same story from you every day for the last month. Uh, but uh, that's I know I got to get to Scranton. <laughs> I still haven't been able to get to Scranton all this time. Triple eight seventy seven back. More patents too coming up. Oh, we didn't get these Marco Rubio clips. Actually, we, we will. These. All right, we will. We'll get those coming. It's Pat and Stu. Um, Pat, maybe before we begin with this Rubio audio, mm -hmm. may I advise you that I have uh, selected a screenshot of Jeffy's video uh, that is airing oh, no. this week on the World of Stu. And I'll be posting that on my Facebook a little bit later today. So please go to my Facebook page, uh, StuFacebook.com. We'll get you there. Uh, and uh, and a, a little this is while. A for your Facebook page? It is, but I, it's worth it, I will say. Go there, <laughs> like the page or whatever you do there. I don't even know. And then you will get... What a very, I will say a very disturbing image, but probably not the worst image of right. this particular video. Do we have a time, or we just just I, I, just... I don't know. I don't know what it's posting. I don't know how to work any of this stuff. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Marco Rubio. Should we do that now? Do we have time? Yes. Okay, let's start off with Marco Rubio on, uh, on Hillary and Jeb. Okay. Friend, your mentor, uh, former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, you say you're not running against him, but how can you not run against him? I have a tremendous personal affection and admiration for him, and my view of it is there will be yeah, multiple people running. We, we're blessed as Republicans. We have a strong field of quality people that are oh, running, and up, I think the Democrats are struggling to find Bush one. We have eight or nine, Come on, and I think we're going to be a better party for it. I think America's going to get a better president for it. Was that hard for you to decide, well, it looks like he's going to run too, but I'm going well, to Well, it's run. a unique situation. You know, I, I don't think anyone could have envisioned it working this way, but there comes a point in time where if you have an opportunity to serve your country legitimately, a legitimate opportunity, 
to serve your country at its highest office, especially someone like me that feels a tremendous debt to America. Uh, it's an opportunity I had to take seriously, and I did. But at the end of the day, it won't change how I feel about Governor Bush. He remained my friend and, mm. and uh, someone I admire both personally and politically. Yeah. Why would you be a better president than Hillary well, Clinton? It's, it starts with, I believe, a Clinton presidency. Uh, it would basically be another four years of Barack Obama. Up to this point, I've not seen her distinguish herself on a single issue from what the president is doing now. I think that's particularly true on foreign policy. We cannot ignore that she was the Secretary of State during the first four years of the Obama presidency and has virtually no meaningful achievement to show for it. On the contrary, whether it's the reset in Russia or our response to Benghazi or everything in between, the, uh, the Obama foreign policy during the Clinton years, especially as Secretary of State, have been a disaster for America. Today, our allies trust us less, our enemies fear us less, and America has less influence in the world today than it did four to six years ago. Now, let me Pretty ask you this, Marco. Let me, let me ask you another question. If you were a Democrat, you'd be Hispanic. Why Why aren't you a Democrat? <laughs> Wait, if I was a, if Democrat, you were a Democrat, I would be Hispanic? You'd be Hispanic, and uh, you'd have the chance to become the first Hispanic president in the world. Why aren't you Hispanic, and why aren't you a Democrat? I, I, am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah, she, uh, he's just, I mean, it's interesting. he's a billion. If this guy was a Democrat, mm -hmm. Schieffer would be focused on that. Mm -hmm. He'd be focused on, you know, you, you, do you sense the history here, the potential for history, that you becoming the first Hispanic uh, president in the history of it, when we'd follow up the first black president with the first Hispanic? I mean, wouldn't they be asking those kinds of questions? Of I, Instead, it's like... Why, why would you be a better person? What about Jeb Bush? Jeb Bush is really good. I'm so glad this guy's retiring because, first of all, I thought 173 he was years old. Come on now. Uh, please. He should have been put out to pasture a long time ago. Bless his heart. Yeah. He's, uh, and that makes everything I said prior to that fine, right? Right. I'm probably talking about. I said bless his heart. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's, 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 it's time. Well, it's, it's time for him to go to the old folks home. Uh, I thought he but was. Can we <laughs> focus too. a little bit here on the guy who could be president of the United States he and not a thousand-year-old broadcaster? I thought he looked easy. That's a, that's a yes. solid answer. This seems easy for him. It's one of the things I like about He's really Rubio. good and I don't smooth. feel like I'm, I'm, I'm watching <clears throat> it and it's like, it's not like I felt with Bush where it was like, oh, God, what's he going to say next? It's like Rubio's like, ah, you know, like whatever. I'm just going to answer this. This is really easy for me. I like the vibe yeah, uh, with Rubio. Uh, but that's not a, you don't necessarily pick a president based on vibe. No, um, that's true. So this is a distinction that a lot of people don't understand. And, in fact, we haven't understand it, uh, stood as a nation for the past two elections. Huh. Um, but uh, Rubio does seem to have that down a little bit. I know he shouldn't be, but I'm always bothered by their close, close relationships with these guys who are liberals and progressives. And no, I, I don't just think, don't, I don't get it. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think you that's don't a bad think thing it's to be worried thing? about. I think you're yeah. right to be I, concerned about that. Yeah, it's a concern to me because I don't understand how ideologically when you're battling these guys... You become so stinking close to them when you, if you are ideologically opposed to them, you think they're frankly ruining the country, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing everything you can to stop them from doing that. Mm -hmm. And yet, so how do you develop these close personal relationships with a, like a Rand Paul and a Harry Reid, or and that's more dramatic, or I mean, in Hatch yes. and Ted Kennedy and those things. Mo Mo I, it drives Ru me out of my mind. Marco Rubio and, and Rubio Jeb and Bush. Jeb Bush is a slightly different. It's thing. a slightly different thing. Where I but would it's say still they, pretty bad. They probably agree on eighty percent of things. 
Even if yeah. even if Rubio <clears throat> is the best conservative we think he is, they still probably agree on eighty percent of things. But mm -hmm. that twenty percent is a big deal. And and, uh, and but I mean, some of the things that we criticize Jeb Bush for, Rubio's on those bandwagons. I mean, he's on the yeah, band the immigration thing, which is the biggest hit on Rubio, is 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 a big hit on Bush as well. Um, so we'll get into a little bit more of this because we have a couple other good clips from uh, Marco Rubio in this interview. Again, he's one of those guys. I, I think he has a good chance of winning, honestly. I, I, like I, I, I think he has a good chance. He, he can split he that does. difference a little bit. And I think he'll, he'll talk the game well enough for a lot of conservatives to be completely fine with him. Um, and uh, we did try to get him on, by the way, and uh, so far no luck with that. Uh, he is not free for the next few weeks. Really? Yeah, so I don't think they like hmm. this very much. Maybe we start talking like that. Maybe give us a shot to <laughs> Marco, why are you a Democrat? Talking about Marco Rubio uh, and his interview with Bob Schieffer, who's like 206 <laughs> years old, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, he was asking about Hillary and Jeb Bush and, and those things. And then he gets to immigration, which is where Marco Rubio has had problems in the past. And he's backed off some of his stance with like the Gang of Eight that he sided with, uh, the McCain uh, uh, immigration plan for comprehensive immigration reform, which is just, it's code speak to, for amnesty. And, and I think he's backed off that uh, stance. Uh, so here he is on uh, how he feels about immigration. What I would do if I was president, the first thing I would do is I would ask Congress to pass a very specific bill that puts in place E-Verify, an entry-exit tracking system to prevent visa overstays, and improve uh, security on the border. Once we achieve that, step two would be we would modernize our legal immigration system less family-based, more merit-based. Mm -hmm. And then the third step would be to pass a bill mm -hmm. that goes to the 10 million people that are here, 12 million that are here illegally. If they've been here for longer than a decade, they have to pass a background check, they have to learn English, they have to pay taxes, <clears throat> they have to pay a fine, and they would get a work permit. And after a substantial period of time in that status, assuming they haven't violated any of the conditions of that status, <clears throat> they would be allowed to apply for legal residency, just like anybody else would, not a special process. And after you're a legal resident, after a number of years, by law, you're allowed to apply for citizenship. It's a long process. It's a reasonable process. It's a fair process. But it has to happen in that order. And it begins with serious enforcement measures. It's interesting because, I mean, it's, uh, it's not a plan that the left would be happy with, right? It's mm -hmm. not, it, this is not what, uh, you know, name your annoying Democratic senator is likes, <clears throat> right? This is a, in, mm -hmm. as it's described by Marco Rubio, a long sort of arduous process. I mean, if you're a 35-year-old guy who's been here for 10 years, you're probably 50 before you're through that process, especially with the way the government operates. I mean, like, yeah. that's going to take forever. And you have to prove you're learning English? Like, I... I I mean, uh, there's so many weird things in there that it's I, just not going to happen. You just know nothing's going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And that's kind of like they, I think they can put on whatever restrictions they want, just like they did in 1986. Yeah. And they're not going to they're not going to abide by any of them. Right. They didn't pay the fine. 
They didn't stand in line. They didn't do any of that stuff. Right. And what they do, they disappeared back into the shadows. Let's say Rubio actually were elected president and mm -hmm. was able to push this plan through in a couple of years, he, and he's reelected. So he's got six years. Let's just say he's the most, uh, he's the hardest guy ever on this, and he really cares. These people aren't going to be halfway through this process in six years. And after that, the next person that comes in is going to change it. And there's going to be all sorts of alterations throughout that process. And it's going to be the easiest thing in the world eventually for this to happen. This is why it's hard to, 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 acknowledge these programs like they're, they're saying it's is it amnesty well i mean certainly as as politically defined it's amnesty i guess if you're paying a fine technically it's not amnesty i mean uh, you know but it's a fine uh, you have to learn the language well i mean uh, you know we can't even adopt english as our official language in this country as we discussed i mean i can't i can't imagine that you know there actually is a legitimate requirement built in there that can yeah. be enforceable in some way come on i mean we have presidents that come in here and just let people stay they're going to they're really enforce the English language mastery that's involved in this plan? You know I, I doubt it. It's bull crap. Yeah. Uh, here he is uh, speaking with Schaefer, uh, or Schaefer on uh, gay marriage and climate change. You have said, if I'm correct, that humans are not responsible for climate change. <laughs> Stop for a second. Did you say that? Stop well, for a second. <laughs> He's so incredulous here. <laughs> you have said, if I'm not mistaken, that humans are responsible for climate Is that possible? Yeah. You said that. Can that really be? Oh, no. Bob. 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 Hang on, Bob. Hang on. You're going to retire this summer. Hang on. Hang on. The day before <laughs> <laughs> Can it be, Michael? You have said that human beings are responsible. <laughs> Can we see that again, please? Watch that one more time. You have said, if I'm correct, that humans are not responsible for climate change. That is unbelievable. Did you say that? But I said, if humans that? are not responsible for climate change in the way some of these people out there are trying to make us believe for the following reason. I believe the climate is changing because there's never been a, a moment where the climate is not changing. Uh -huh. The question is, what percentage of that or what is due to human activity? If we do the things they want us to do, cap and trade, you name it, how much will that change the pace of climate change? versus how much will it cost our economy. Scientists can't tell us what impact it would have on reversing these changes, but I can tell you with certainty it would have a devastating impact on our economy. Okay. Talk a little bit about social All right, let's stop in there for a second so we can deal with that. Yeah. Let's stop right there. That's a pretty good answer. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. No, and that's uh, right. Can, he's, he's, he's applying a cost-benefit analysis, which yeah. is not something that's applied by the media or people like Bob Schieffer. Yeah, uh, and uh, look, the climate is changing. It always does. Mm -hmm. The of course. I, I, there's this um, uh, interesting, I, I like these things that Waters does to a certain extent. Um, you know, Waters. Uh, what's oh, from O'Reilly? Yeah, Jesse Waters. O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. He goes out on, on uh, Earth Day. Uh, it was Earth Day, the global citizen Earth Day thing that they did yesterday. And he talked to uh, people who were there. And one of the things he asked them was, um, you know, which is worse, which is killing more humans? Climate change or terrorism? Every single one of them said climate change. And he, so then he asked these two girls, what, when did climate change start? And one of them said, well, as soon as we started destroying the planet. And he's like, well, when was that? One of them says in the industrial age. 
And then he says, well, how did the earth start to warm then after the ice age? And she's like, wait, what is this? What are you doing here? And then she looks at his mic flag and sees Fox News. And says, oh, okay, we're leaving. So when it got mm -hmm. difficult for you, mm -hmm. all you do is blame Fox News and you leave. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all they have on this stuff. That's all they can do. Well, how did the climate warm after the Ice Age? Because it warmed a lot. And there were no SUVs at the time. Not a single one. Well, there's some. Just no, didn't... there were none. I mean, there weren't as many dealerships people get around. Right, to say. No, I'm he's, trying to say there were zero is... SUVs. There were no coal-fired plants. <laughs> None of that. Whoa. So they, they, they don't have any answer for that because the climate does always change, as Marco just said there. The climate always changes. So, I, I mean, you know, and, and, and why am I supposed to ascribe that to man's activities? Right. A smart political way of handling this, too, is just applying a cost-benefit analysis, which, I mean, you, when you sit here and you say, okay, like in in the Al Gore world, we could apply things like the Kyoto Protocol and cap and trade. If and we, we spend could, $10 trillion, right, we could what's that going to do? Right, exactly. They don't and, know. And it will delay. I mean, there, there are charts that show this. And, you know, these large programs that cost trillions of dollars of GDP will delay global warming uh, by usually the, the total is about a year in 2050. So we're, we're, we would be a as... A year. Yeah, a year. So in, let's say, 2050 or 2100... <laughs> In, right now, we'll be X temperature in 2100. Instead, it would be that in 2101. <laughs> now, I, to, I that to me, so on, and I mean this seriously. Is that going has, by their cap and trade stuff? Absolutely, goes by stuff. their numbers. Um, wow. I can, we could show you the charts, Holy uh, cow. but uh, why would you? Why? Be, well, it's you know, their argument will be first of all, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. So we, we, in other words, what they're telling you is we're going to go way, something. way further later on. We're going to go way, way further later on. But this is the first step. Get you in the boat. Um, and then secondly, they'll say, well, uh, you know, it's possible that these changes could lead to more changes with technology and eventually, you know, snowball and, and you'd get a big difference, a bigger difference. It wouldn't be it's not going to be that much different. It might be. Let's say it's 10 years. What does that mean? Right? Uh, who cares? Nothing. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous sort of thing. But when you apply a cost-benefit analysis like that, you realize, okay, look, what's better? To sit back and have a strong economy where people who actually, like Elon Musk, who really care, can take their money and dump it into these technologies that actually could make a massive difference down the line. Uh, you know, thinking of things like his home battery program, for example, mm -hmm. where, you know, you have a battery, uh, a giant battery outside that in theory, and again, this is not tested yet, could s soak up things like solar energy during the day and power your house through the night. Um, you know, one of the issues with solar power now is you can't, you can't store it well. Well, this theoretically would solve those problems. At some point, there's going to be a breakthrough in one of these technologies. And if you have a strong economy where people can feed themselves and have jobs, then money flows into these industries and the market works these things out as it always does. Do you think people want fossil fuels because they just love them so much? They have this undying loyalty to ExxonMobil? No, nobody cares about ExxonMobil. Even a lot of the people inside of ExxonMobil would go to another company if they had a better opportunity. The issue here is you have a situation where at some point, we will have a solar breakthrough or a breakthrough. <clears throat> in, I, I mean, I think the most likely candidate within the next 30 years probably is solar. But, uh, you know, and nuclear is, is just stopped. So we can't get it from there. But you'll get it from somewhere eventually. And if, if people say, you know what, this is a problem and they will address it. But eventually solar power probably will be priced less than a lot of these fossil fuels. And at that point, 
money will flow into it like crazy. Technology will increase and, and get much, much better and cheaper. And then yeah. because it's a better option, people will adopt it. It will just happen. You don't have to do, you don't need to, you know, take control of all these industries. And that's how you know in reality these plans are designed to take over the industries, to get control of them before it gets started. Because if you wait too long, uh, they're going to be runaway, powerful industries, too, and you're not going to be able to get control of them. Get control now before people mm -hmm. like them that much. Yeah, and I, I love the certitude with which people speak about this issue. Yeah. It's, uh, they absolutely, like Bob Schieffer is so indignant because he absolutely knows that man-caused climate change is destroying the planet. He absolutely knows it. He believes so much, he puts all his faith in science, which is wrong. And we bring you these stories every week. Here's another one. Wrong again. Science. Wrong again. They just came out with this big ballyhooed thing. We found the oldest fossil yeah. uh, proof on Earth of a, a 3.4 billion, 3.46 billion years ago, this was the oldest living example of life on Earth. Look at this fossil. They just discovered it wasn't life at all. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Whoa. It wasn't proof of life 3.46 billion years ago. After all, we were wrong again yeah. on something we were certain of. And what better person to understand something like that oh, than a person who's been alive for 3.46 billion, billion years, years, Bob Schieffer. Yes, he should have known. And I, I say, you know, obviously it's not quite that long, I don't think. However, here's a guy who's legitimately lived billion. through warming periods, yes. cooling periods, yeah. warming periods, and cooling periods. And a guy he, who has seen scientific consensus on this topic change multiple times in his life. Yeah. The guy has a long life experience where he's seen these things fail over and over and over again. And yet now, today, he's so sure he's right. He essentially laughs at Marco Rubio, who's not a dumb guy. He laughs at him. Because he believes this crazy idea that we shouldn't spend trillions of dollars of global GDP to delay global warming a year in 2100. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's inexplicable how someone of his age could not understand that. Well, especially since he was at CBS News. He's been there for 40 years, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. Hasn't he been in CBS? So at, in the 70s, when he, was, when he was a younger guy, mm -hmm. when he was in his early hundreds, um, they, he lived through the time when Newsweek and others were, were proclaiming that there was a, uh, a mini ice age. Yeah, coming. here's a, here's another one. This is uh, from December 29th, 1974. Maybe we should do this on Earth Day tomorrow on the radio show. A number of climatologists whose job it is to keep an eye on long-term weather changes have lately been predicting deterioration of the benign climate to which we have grown accustomed. They point, mm. out, uh, they point to signs both great and a steady global cooling trend since World War II and quaint the southward retreat from Nebraska of the warm-loving armadillo to support their claim that the coming years will feature colder, more erratic weather. Some recent warnings from reputable researchers in Japan, Europe, and the U.S. have so worried policymakers that last January, certain scientists at a meeting of the National Academy of Sciences, this is not some fringe group, proposed the evacuation of six million people from their <laughs> parched homelands in the, re in the uh, Sahel region of Africa. They are, I mean, this is what 
Bob Schieffer was there for this. He saw these reports. He saw the scientific. They wanted to move six million people from their homes because of the global cooling trend around the corner. And now we're all supposed to just fall in line with what they believe is right today. It, it's really mad. It, it's comical. It's and, and it's good to see, again, Rubio taking a tough stand there. That is not an easy thing to do no. as, as a politician in today's world. And he, he did it well. He was good at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good clip of Rubio. Yeah. Should we do one more Rubio clip and then come back with uh, one of his big competitors, Scott Walker? Do we have one Was, more? Do we have a little bit more on that one? No, I think that's it. There's more in, in that oh, one. All right. Let's, let's, let's watch rest. that one one more time and then we'll go to break. But I can tell you with certainty it would have a devastating impact on our economy. Talk a little bit about social issues. You have said you're against gay marriage. Um, do you think that homosexuality is a choice? Well, first, I'm, it's not that I'm against gay marriage. I believe the definition of the institution of marriage should be between one man and one woman. Yeah. States have always regulated marriage. And if a state wants to have a different definition, you should petition the state legislature and have a political debate. I don't think courts should be making that decision. And I don't believe uh, same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. I also don't believe that uh, your sexual preferences are a choice for the vast and enormous majority of people. Uh, and, and in fact, the, the, the bottom line is that, the, you know, I believe that sexual preference is something that people are, are born with. Senator, we thank you. Thank you <laughs> you I, said an answer I approve I, of, I, Senator. I, I couldn't trap you. I was trying to, Senator. I, I, I couldn't awesome. trap you, sorry. I, I thank you. Damn you. Damn you. That is great. That is great. Oh. You've now uh, said something I I, uh, have, I can approve of. I am proud of you, Senator. <laughs> uh, we can now leave this on good terms. That's great. Uh, Bob Schieffer, oh, happy man. one billionth birthday. Yes. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents due coming up. And we'll have a little from his competitor, Scott Walker, coming up. Not that he's running. Not that Scott no, Walker is right. running. That's, if he happened to get that no, right. from his family yes. and children, then we don't maybe. know, though. We don't know with any certitude. Triple eight seven two seven back. He's Penn Stuke, and we just heard from uh, Marco Rubio, who's uh, running for president. Uh, a man we suspect very strongly, in fact, stronger now than we did before, uh, that he's running for president. Uh, Scott Walker was on the radio show, and so we thought we'd uh, share some of those comments because I, I thought he was really good. You liked him too, right? Yeah, I liked him. Uh, you know, he's a—I think he's a very competent guy. He yeah. had a really good record. Um, I, you know, really look, good record. I, there's, a, you know, we've been ever since we, uh, you know, had the interview, we've been we get hammered almost immediately from social media people saying, "Look, you don't know his whole record on this. You need to look this up." And look, we're going to go through that process. That's what a primary is for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was our first uh, interview with him, and we, I think we got to know him well. But I do want to ask him, okay. Wait a minute. You made this statement on this date. This statement on this date. How do you? What happened in between those that made you change? Those are the sorts of things you get through during a primary. Um, and I, you know, the guy hasn't even announced he's running yet, although he kind of almost did basically yeah, during almost. this interview. He yeah. sure did. Uh, take a look at what happened. Welcome to the program, uh, Governor Walker. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be with you. Thank you. So, forgive us for not being. For being a little skeptical of somebody coming from the cradle of progressivism, uh, and uh, and being the savior for the for the country, um, but being from Madison, Wisconsin, and being around this, does this make you more predisposed to it, or easier for you to see it coming? 
Oh, deep, deep under fire and battle tested. I, I think there's days when I have extra layers of battle armor on there. We, you're right, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which is kind of to the left of Pravda. Uh, for many out there, it is the, the home of the progressive movement, the home of AFSCME was started there, collective bargaining was started there. Heck, sadly, after this last week, it was the state that had the first income tax. Who would have thought that in that city, in the state of Wisconsin, that hasn't gone Republican for president since 1984, we would be able to take on four years ago the public employee unions and not only win that battle, win the recalls against a whole bunch of state senators, win a recall against me and the, and the lieutenant governor in the state. But now Wisconsin is not only when it comes to public employee unions, we have no seniority or tenure. We can hire and fire based on merit. We can pay based on performance. We're the 25th state in the nation to have right to work. We have photo ID requirements for voting. We've defunded Planned Parenthood and placed pro-life legislation. Good God. We've signed concealed carry and council doctrine. We've cut taxes by wow. $2 billion. In fact, property taxes are lower today than they were four years ago. Who would have thought all that happened? But we said shortly after the mm. 2010 election we had to go big and we had to go bold. It was put up for shut-up time. And even in Madison, Wisconsin, we were able to get that done. I have to tell you, I'm having a hard time believing that it was actually done. You mean you say you say who thought who would have thought we could get it done? I'm having a hard time believing that you did get it done. <laughs> what is the secret? Well, you know, you know, the interesting thing in the last election was similar to the two previous ones because, of course, I've had three in the last four years for governor. Was we won with almost universal support amongst Republicans, ninety-six percent. That means Tea Party. The Chamber of Commerce, social conservatives, the Libertarian, 96%. The only other governor close to that is Terry Branstead with about the same. But yet, in my state, that's not enough. We had to win amongst independents by 11, almost 12-point margin. You know, the interesting thing is, to win the center, you don't have to move to the center on the issues. You have to lead. You have to clearly spell out what you're going to do, tell the people what you're going to do, and then do it. And a lot of times in politics, people think that to win the middle, to win independence, that somehow independents are squishy or moderate. No, most independents have just been burned many times before. They're not willing to commit to a party because they're frustrated being told one thing and then people doing another thing. If you lead, you don't have to be with an independent on every single issue. You just got to look them in the eye and tell them exactly what you're going to do. And sometimes that means telling them something that they don't necessarily agree with, but they'll know on all the other issues that you're going to stand firm when they do care about well, you're um, singing to me. Um, help me out on um, uh, – I'm one of those independents. I hate the Republican Party, uh, and, and mainly because uh, I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me and left millions of Americans. Um, they do absolutely say one thing and do the exact opposite. I'm against John Boehner. I won't vote for John, John Boehner. I'm voting for John Boehner. I'm – I'm against uh, high deficits. I won't vote for high deficits. I voted for high deficits. I understand war, and I'm not going to pussyfoot around, and we're going to go in and we're going to win, except I voted to do the exact opposite. Uh, And I'm just sick of it. Uh, How do you get people like me to um, believe that a guy like you, who can get the establishment, how do you get people like me to believe you're not one of those guys who's with the establishment and you're going to get to Washington and you're going to become the establishment. No, that's a great point. And I think there are a lot of people, in fact, I remember the press in my state 
uh, back in the fall of 2010 after the elections, and I started announcing things that we were going to do, and we pushed back, for example, on an $810 million boondoggle of a, of a high-speed train line between Milwaukee and Madison, and we pushed to have it killed, and they were shocked because I said I was going to do that in the campaign, and they were shocked even before taking office we were actually doing that because, again, the media and in turn the public so often believes that politicians say one thing and kind of wink, wink, and do something different. In our state, um, I remember it was literally a week after the election in 2010, November 2nd, 2010, a week after that, we brought all the Republicans who'd just been elected together as well as those in the legislature who were already there. And I sat down with them in the Capitol, wide open caucus, and said, everything switched. We went from all Democrat to all Republican control in our state, both legislative branches, governor, lieutenant governor, new U.S. Senator Ron Johnson did all these things. And I reminded them all that if we just nibble around the edges, kind of what you're alluding to, if we just a little bit less bad than the other side, the voters have every reason to throw us out of office two years later. They said it is put up or shut up time. It is time to go big and then go bold. And I don't think anybody looking at what we've done in Wisconsin the last four years would say that that now, we, now, uh, do, we now, didn't heed that call. How that's do you, what we got to do in Washington. How do you do that with a system that is so entrenched, uh, uh, a system that it has so much control uh, and is so corrupt? I think you have to take it head on. It has to be a part of a literally part of the debate and the discussion in a campaign. I think the next president, we're going to have a Republican president, the next president has to clearly lay it out. One of the big mistakes I thought Mitt Romney's a good man, would have been a much better president currently. One of the huge mistakes made in the last presidential election was they made the focus entirely about being against Barack Obama. Uh, and, and there obviously are plenty of, plenty of problems with the president, don't get me wrong. But, but they never really communicated effectively to the American people what they were for. I think in this case, we talk about reform. I mean, just nibbling around the edges. I think in Washington, we need to dismantle major portions of the federal government, not just in Medicaid, but other social services and workforce development transportation, heck, even in education. We need to take those dollars and send them back to the states, get it out of Washington, get it back to the place where it's smaller in size and where it can be more effective, more efficient, more accountable to the taxpayers, take on major things like broad, broad sweeping repeals of major regulations in, in the federal government, taking that power away early on within the first 100 days when there's still a bit of a honeymoon and still so, a bit of a reminder of what the American people have voted for. Those things you have to act on, and I think not just in Wisconsin, but you look at Michigan, you look at Indiana, you look at Ohio, you look at Florida, you look at states across America that did those sorts of things early on, and certainly we were the quickest, but others followed suit. Those are the states where conservative, common-sense reforms are working today, and our states are better because of it. We can do the same thing for America. Okay, so you're saying all the right things, and you've done a lot of the right things. Um, you just said that you thought we should dismantle even uh, some of the educational uh, infrastructure. Um, you've taken on the uh, the unions in uh, Wisconsin on education, but you're seemingly a little noncommittal on Common Core. Will you sign, if it comes to your desk, a full repeal of Common Core in Wisconsin? Well, absolutely. I proposed it in my budget. I mean, years ago, before I was governor, uh, the previous legislature, previous governor, and the superintendent of public instruction, which is an independent, uh, independently elected position in our state, enacted this. It wasn't something on our radar screen when we first ran in 2010. But a few years ago, when we heard from parents, when we heard from 
conservative educators and hurt many, but others out there like that who raised concerns. We drafted legislation to repeal it in the state. Unfortunately, at that time, the state legislature didn't bring it up. But I put that in my, in my most recent budget was repeal a, a prohibition on requiring any school district in the state to do that. And we, we took all the money out for the Smarter Balance Test, which is the essence of how Common Core advocates uh, use that. So we've taken that out. To me, we will do anything legislatively we can. Uh, I'll sign it. Is that, it, is that because the, the whole bit. is that because the people are leading, or do you personally believe that it's wrong? Well, I personally believe that, but but it's something where, in this case, it it, it two thousand I guess it was early in two thousand thirteen. But again, this isn't something when I first ran was even on my radar screen. It wasn't right. something I was fully aware of. I fully acknowledge that. But as we heard from parents, as we heard from concerned citizens, as we heard even from many teachers about this. This is when we went ahead and drafted language and took the lead on that. Why do you want to be president? <laughs> because uh, I've got two sons, and, and for the same reason, um, if I were to jump in this race for the same reason, I jumped in the race for governor. Because I got two sons, Matt and Alex, and I wanted them to grow up in a state that was at least as great, if not greater, than the one I grew up, but grew up in. It's the same thing I want for them and their generation for America. And I know it can be done. In my lifetime, the best president when it comes to fiscal, economic, and foreign policy issues, was a governor from the state of California who fundamentally stood up and led. In my lifetime, the worst president when it comes to economic, fiscal, and foreign policy decisions was a freshman senator from Illinois. And the difference was one knew how to lead. One knew how to stand up and and define what it took to turn America around. And I think with the right leadership, we can make this country great yet again. That was a the most <laughs> deftly crafted slam on Rubio, Cruz, and Paul I think I've ever heard. Awesome. Well, I, he, yeah, really I'm, good. I'm good. Yeah, it was really good. I'm good. <laughs> I think he acquitted himself pretty well. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, good. Was, uh, I'm well good. prepared, too. Uh, wow. This is a different interview so than you get on Fox got, News, and I think he did well. We've got, we have to get Rubio uh, on, yeah. but so far we know exactly who Ted Cruz is. We have a pretty good handle on Rand Paul. We have a pretty good handle on Scott Walker. We need to get Rubio on. Yeah. But so far, just those I mean, three. Tremendous. Tremendous possibilities. Yeah. Tremendous. tremendous possibilities. And who? And I meanwhile, mean, the Democrats have Hillary Clinton. Because she's a woman. <laughs> because she's, she's a, a woman. woman. Mm-hmm. I could give you a dozen reasons for each of these guys on why they're uniquely qualified to be president of the United States. Great. This is tremendous. Sponsored, by the way, it's because of you. It's because of the Tea Party. It is because of you that we have these guys coming. To, yeah. Otherwise, we would have had yep. Jeb Bush. These guys are directly. Jeb Bush and Chris Christie yeah. would be the two choices. Yep. These guys are directly because of you. Don't ever feel like you didn't make a difference. in for Sherry's Berries. Let me talk about Sherry's Berries a few times a year. Gosh. Look at these Phenomenal, man. Can you get over? Look at, this is a soda can. I mean, two strawberries is the size of a soda can. Mm. Look at this. I mean, they are humongous. humongous. Look at this. You've got white chocolate with the chocolate drizzle. They're juicy. They're sweet. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, the chocolate and, is phenomenal. And these things come every time too. And, and these are, are delicious. They're like a little cake ball, or I guess they call them truffles, but I mean I, I call them cake balls. But it, oh. this is a—if you turn around, you got the uh -huh. red velvet thing going on. Uh, oh, Just—it's so it's so good. It's so good. I freaking love Sherry's berries. Oh yeah, it's a cake ball too. It's they're just, just a salted mm. chocolate cake ball. Mm. Incredible. And this is why. Mm. This reminds me of how. Interesting, Jeffy's opinion is on the news of the day, and why we should check. With Jeffy, right walk now. us through Jeffy. the rest of the show while we eat cherries, berries. Uh, mm. uh um, oh crap. Um, <laughs> okay. So anyway, mm. Mm, so good. That's really good. Really, There's nothing really better good. than cherries. I mean, you could send those. Th I mean, seriously, cherries, berries. You could send them every single time you have an event, and they're and always yes. people are always going to be thrilled with Phenomenal. those things. Yeah. And by the way, this is not even a commercial. We're just yeah, we're just blabbing. We love it. it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, let's see. There's five awful words apparently, uh, and uh, there's people that were named that uh, whose namesake is the word. Okay, see so, what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was going to say is mud, like mud. You know, your name is mud. That actually um, came from a guy whose name was Mud. Yeah, and he was. I think I want to. He was accused of some horrible crime that he didn't actually commit. Um, I can't remember the story. Well, right. we should go back because that's not one of the words. Here, and it gave rise to the expression. Your right, name is your mud. name is mud, and when actually uh, it, he didn't. And people always that. assume they mean the mud it. that's you know dirt with water. Right, it's not that kind of mud. No, it was actually somebody's name. Yeah, uh, things like Duns, the 13th and 14th century uh, thinker Scott Duns Scotus, whose writings synthesized uh, Christian theology and Aristotle's philosophy, was considerably less dumb than a brick. Unfortunately for Scotus, subsequent theologians took a dim view of all those who championed his viewpoint. So these Scotists, Dunsmen, or Dunces were considered hair-splitting meatheads and eventually just <laughs> Dunces. There you go. I thought it was actually a smart guy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, that this sprang from. This happens a lot. It really does. Uh, you realize um, we, we talk about how progressives will manipulate history over the years, mm -hmm. and we complain about that. And, of course, they would you know complain surely about us about something. <laughs> I don't know. We have no control over history, but... That's probably what they say. Um, but uh, this happens all the time. It happens you know, with anybody's motives. These things change over long periods of time. Uh, Spoonerism is another one. Reverend William Archibald Spooner, who lived until 1930, was famous for his mudd uh, muddled one-liners. And though it's hard to know which ones he actually said, lines such as, I have, half, I have a half-warmed fish, and yes, indeed, the Lord is a shoving leopard. What? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you said? I have a bumper oh, sticker that says, "You know what? Yes, indeed, the Lord is a shoving leopard." <laughs> Sometimes I think, like, because this is from Mental Floss, who do, they do great work, and if you, in the, it's a great website to go uh, visit because they have just quirky, weird things like this. But I swear they could just make up about half of it, and most people would be like, "Wow, yeah, people really do say yes, indeed, the Lord is a shoving leopard." Who knows if that's <laughs> Unreal, <laughs> but uh, I guess he gets uh, bashed, and uh, the uh, spoonerism has been used in, as a literary technique by poets and fiction writers since. Then there is uh, lynch, although several lynches have been investigated by inquisitive uh, etymologists. Virginia native Charles Lynch is most likely the man behind the murderous word. Uh, lynch mm. was a patriot, a planter, and a judge, but when he headed a vigilante court to punish Tories, during the American Revolution, he decided to play the roles of jury and executioner, too, all at the same time. Uh, Lynch 
So he, he uh, I guess he did. He has uh, more than earned his besmirched name. In fact, he did half the besmirching himself by egotistically referring to his actions <laughs> as lynch law and lynching. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. That's, uh, nice. that's why I've been calling a lot of crimes lately. You got jeffied. Yeah. Because uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I want this same <laughs> thing to happen. It works really well. It really does. Jeffy's uh, law. <clears throat> how about shrapnel? I, I'm, that's a word I never really thought of where it came from. Uh, well, it came from English General Henry Shrapnel. Mm -hmm. He noticed the original uh, flavor cannonballs weren't ma uh, massacring enough enemies for his liking. So to get more bang for the buck, he uh, filled the cannonballs with bullets and exploding charges. Nice. And so it actually is named after him. And I, 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 mm. I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If that's a nasty word or not. Certainly, if you got hit by it, it's pretty nasty. But it's also probably helped a lot in war. Uh, then you have <clears throat> Charles Cunningham boycott. Who got boycotted? Mm. Uh, it was a retired English army captain who claimed his unwanted fame in 1880 when the Irish Land League decided to punish him for not lowering his rents. Uh, this then new strategy was a mere paragraph in the Russian novel-sized saga of Irish land reform and was a kind of systematic shunning in which boycott was cut off from servant supplies, mail, and lifestyle free of death threats. He might have been <laughs> an evil landlord, but if boycott could see just how successful his name became, uh, he'd probably be kind of sad. You yeah. know what's interesting there, uh, Pat, is that the boycotts uh, that I'm familiar with have a lot of death threats, too. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I thought that was just us, but apparently, yeah, apparently. no. The history the is beginning. there hmm. from the beginning. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so there you go. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, we'll also give you these uh, real quick. The uh, seven grocery store etiquette rules. Um, people uh, don't like uh, uh, plastic bags. I don't understand this because plastic bags I are the them. way to go. That's yeah, they, the, the, they don't you, break. Yeah. Like the yep. like the paper bags do. Well, I could bring my own bag, yeah, and kill your family because that's what happens when you bring your own bag. Okay, mm -hmm. that's what happens. Uh, actually, multiple studies have found this that people do get sick and some actually die because people will put, you know, uh, some chicken meat, in there, chicken in there, mm -hmm. and a little bit of juice runs out to the bottom. It of course goes now it's bad. Contaminated. And it's contaminated. And then you put fruit down the next time you're, you go back, and then you eat that fruit, and people wind up getting very sick. Uh, mm -hmm. From that process, um, you actually have to wash those bags in the gr in the washing machine. I, I, I mean, look, it kind of sounds obvious, but I would never think to do that. I'm no. going to the grocery store. I got to wash my bags in the washing right. machine. What? Yes, you do. Uh, and uh, no environment. I'm sure that's uh, really calculated in the environmental benefit of these bags. By the way, the fact that you need to wash them every right. time. Um, of course, that's not part of it. But uh, again, uh, plastic <clears throat> bags are the way to go. You know why? Because uh, fossil fuels are awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they are. That's that's one of the reasons, at least. Uh, but instead, you're supposed to you're supposed to um, not bring plastic bags, and you're supposed to bring in those canvas bags or or your paper bags. You're supposed to save them, <clears throat> bring them in, and take them back out. Why? Because sea life is getting <clears throat> tangled in the bag. Shut up. That's uh, you're going to buy dead fish. You're in the store to purchase a fish that's dead yeah. that you killed so you could eat. Why do you care about if a fish gets caught up in a plastic bag? I don't. Frankly, I don't. That, that's really stupid. Yeah. I mean, and, when and, you think about it, it's really stupid. And bring your own bags. Well, risk your risk the, the possibility of contamination of your family because some fish somewhere might get tangled in a bag. Again, there's a process going on with the bags here that you could probably button up a little bit so they don't get into the water. Mm -hmm. Like, you could just put them in the landfill instead. But And here's what they say in the last line of this. So just bring your own bags. It's not that hard. Yeah, it is. I don't want to. 
Okay? I don't want to. <laughs> That's why they have bags at the store, so I don't have to bring my own. Innovation is supposed to make your life easier, not make <laughs> it harder. To. You're supposed to walk in and get the store, and you throw it out, you come back, and you got the plastic <laughs> bag, and you just either throw them out, to. or you store, I, we store yeah, my them. My wife bring them in all the time. does this, though. She's bought in. And I, oh, I don't know why she's Does not. she wash the bags? No. Not that oh. I know of. You're, I, I you're probably dead right I'm now. Probably you're dead. probably dead right now. I'm probably uh, <laughs> a speaking, walking, breathing dead person. And look, right you know, the, the chances, it's not super high that something like that can happen. You can obviously take steps to uh, protect them, uh, protect yourself. However, I will say, especially if you have younger children or elderly yeah. people in your household, be careful with that because you, you really can get very sick. Yes, you uh, can. Because of this. Yeah. Um, what about break the seal, buy the contents? Um, and this is the next uh, grocery <laughs> store etiquette rule uh, from How Stuff Works. They say um, uh, uh, the subtler the offense, the more likely a caregiver is to try to disguise what happened. I can rewrap this chocolate bar, pay, no, place it carefully back on the I shelf. Would, never, would you no, do that? I would, would never do that. Do that. Come Jeffy on. would do it. I mean, but if, Jeffy would eat the whole bar and then put the wrapper back empty. And what I do sometimes is if I'm really thirsty, I'll grab something out of the, the of fridge or something and drink it and then pay put for the, it on the way out. Put the bottle back in so that I pay for it on the way out. I mean, you, you know, you're stealing stuff. It's like we well, talked about the stealing. we talked about the grapes thing where you take in yeah. the grapes and and then you think of their samples. They're, that's stealing. I used to tell my dad that all the time. He thought the peanuts. He thought he could help himself to peanuts for some reason. And just and just eat peanuts like they they'd be in that big bin, and he'd just take a handful and walk around the store eating yeah. them. I'm like, I, Dad, that the, you got to pay for those. I worked in the I worked at, for in the grocery business for a long time, uh -huh. and really, I mean, technically you may be right, but those are there for people to walk around with and enjoy, <laughs> no, enjoy, enjoy their shopping. No, oh, they're enjoy not. Enjoy their shopping. No, yes, they're they not are. there for people I will to walk say around and enjoy yes, their shopping. Are. No, they, yes, they I would, are. I would like not. to actually get an answer from an actual uh, person who runs a grocery store, because yeah, I, would, a I would imagine at least uh, some of them true. at this point say, we Maybe. know people are going to take them. We, we treat it as a loss. This will be a loss, and, and it's okay. Like we're Absolutely. fine with with people because I, I, trying to merchandise. Do some back if that's if you're a grocer. Yeah, because I, I think if because I, I think to some at some level you mm -hmm. try a grape, it tastes really good. You're like, wow, I got to get these. Like I mean, yeah. they do that all the time. Yeah, but they give samples for that reason. They, they don't... typically do, but I think that they're over time. American tradition has put that in that position. So there's a banana you can just pull off a bunch. I think it does seem like it. grapes are the one. Small, it's a why, small, why small size grapes. Items. Why not? Because the bananas they, out there too. If I try that, I might buy a whole bunch. Because they're built in small size. I think that's why. It's not an entire. It's like I don't think they would be happy with you taking an entire bag of grapes. Right. Like I mean, but a grape, like over the entire day. They probably lose one bunch of grapes maybe, out of that. Maybe. Uh, maybe. And, and that's what, you know, 40 cents, uh, you know, 60 cents of grapes that they probably lose over, you know, uh, half a day or a day. I mean, I think they probably just price that in as actually a good promotional yes. item. Maybe. I'd be interested to see yeah, at this I, point. I, I, well, I would, too. Triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, more patents do coming up. Oh, wow. More kickballs. Yeah, i got to have a little bit of shirt. Yeah. There's more stuff. Oh, Jeffy. Sorry, we're out. Thanks. Get out of here. No, Jeffy, we don't have any more. I don't know which things are. We're running out of time, and I really want to see this Jurassic Park trailer. I guess there's oh. a new one. Uh, we showed you the Star Wars uh, trailer, which is uh, looking, I mean, everybody's talking about it. But also, this Jurassic Park thing is going to be phenomenal. And uh, here's a quick peek at the new trailer.
Maybe not so quick. Just show Jeff. Oh, here we're talking about dinosaurs. It's not about control. Stand down. It's a relationship. Based on respect. These animals are thinking, I gotta eat. I'm gonna hunt. I gotta... You gotta be able to relate to at least one of those things. Every time we've unveiled a new attraction, attendance has spiked. That was awesome! Corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor. They're dinosaurs. Wow enough. Yeah. She was designed to be bigger than the T-Rex. What happened to the sibling? She ate it. We have an asset out of containment. What is that? Her tracking implant. She clawed it out. How would it know to do that? She remembered where they put it in. Oh, God. She's killing for sport. You got 20,000 people. You got no more boats. You don't have enough guns. If we do this, we do this my way. We got eyes on target. Light it up! Something's wrong. They're communicating. We're talking about an animal here. Highly intelligent animal. Wow. Now, you know, at some point you would think they'd learn. I mean, how many I, how many disasters do they have to have at the park before they finally shut it down? I think this is a triumph right? of capitalism. Like, even though that uh, <laughs> all these problems always happen, capitalism still wins and people still I go to this freaking so. park. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there in a Wouldn't second. Wouldn't you? In a dinosaur park like that? I'd take, oh the I'd take the shot. Oh, yeah. You give a shot. Hopefully, you don't get eaten by a velociraptor. That's it. You, you roll the dice. If you do, you say, all right, you got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> you know, I, I, these things have been it's extinct like for a million years. like babies on an airplane. All right, you got me. You got me. What am I going to do about it? Wait, wait. Nothing. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie daisy. Shoot. We'll update our, our security protocol. Yeah. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Looks pretty good. I, it could be, you see it going either way.